there's a quote I like that says, every man lives two lives, and his his second one starts when he realizes he only lived once, right? So I think it was more of that for me. Um, I'm 31 years old now. Um, I can't really... When you're in your 20s or when you're in your teens, you have time to do those things that I did. Right now, I'm really in no position to do any of that, and I realize that. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's what really made me sit down and still, right, because I, I, I definitely want to preach that I'm, I'm working on myself. I'm working on myself. But the point is, like, I feel like I used to live with a blindfold, right? And the only difference is now I took that blindfold off, right? And I'm... And I'm learning, like, what I need to do and what I didn't do. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a very special guest. He's a business owner. He's a back-to-back lyrical lemonade performer. And on top of that, the Mexican Weddle. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. First Class B. Uh, stage name government name brian oh so that's where the beat comes from yeah yeah yeah. go ahead and talk about that lyrical lemonade performance real quick man you know there's a certain experience you get with that and especially have done it twice uh that's not something a lot of people can say they've done probably one of the funnest experiences i've ever had like performance wise for sure um i think what the shows did that to me mentally that i didn't expect was that um i always used to think i was never going to be like a performer let's say right like uh you know how there's certain artists that just come up and they're just natural up there and just stage presence is all that i've had a handful of shows i hadn't had that quite experience to make me think like yeah i'm a natural born stage performer um so that was kind of like the craziest one that i did that you know i came in with that same expectation but the outcome was different than I expected and it kind of made me think like oh I could do this too if I actually wanted to just because a lot of the music is not really like um music festival of performance type music you get what I mean your music is very lyrically inclined people gotta sit there and listen and digest it you gotta maybe even play it like five or ten times you know what I'm saying there's a line even I caught today that before I didn't look too deep into so we're gonna get to that part but what do you feel like you were expecting that outcome to be versus the reality? Almost how I've gotten through a lot of shows is like, go up there, do what you're supposed to do, and as long as you really don't fuck up, embarrass yourself, or do anything, like, that. that's really it, right? And the reason people go to shows is kind of to get an experience. That's why people go, right? They want you to interact. They want something to talk about. It's like a feeling thing, you know what I'm saying? And... When you kind of go with that mindset, you're not really doing that, right? So if um, you have an outline of exactly what you're going to do for the show, like a dialogue set at this time, this time, this time, yeah, it'll probably come through clean, but you're not really going to engage with the audience and, like, have them, you know, something that they left with that they really took. And Summer Smash, like, I had that the same way I've done every other show, the first one, Um, and I went up there and I was expecting to do that, and I don't know if it was just... The first time being at a music festival like that or just the energy or what but it was like everything was scrapped and it was like you know just all off energy and then 
seeing the people receive that and rock with it kind of like you know it gave me a little more like a vibe being open to do that instead of just trying to get it done so i don't look bad so just so i still look solid just like i threw that out the window and it's like it's more about having fun up there more about letting the people like you know enjoy that shit because that's what they're there for and if you look back on you know any of your concert experiences you're definitely going to remember how you felt at that moment or what the artist you know was making you feel I think back to specifically when I saw The weekend at Lollapalooza, and that shit was lit as fuck, bro. You know, I lost my phone that weekend, but I still remember the fact that he had a dope-ass performance, and I became an even bigger fan of him that weekend. So, you know, hopefully you gain a lot of fans off that shit. And that's that. Like, you became a bigger fan of him because he gave you that feeling, you know, and I, that was the main thing that I was used to always do that I feel like Summer Smash changed for me was, like, I wanted people to leave with that and I wasn't doing that before that like you know it broke me out that box to know that I could do that like if I you know really tried to what do you feel like you did differently to get to people on a new level I know you brought out the B you know the person dressed up as the B with the chain that shit was raw as fuck yeah that was the second one but I I think the first one it was just it was just more like not running the exact routine and kind of just seeing people's faces and being like hey do this at, at that time and just running it more off a of vibe and letting it be more organic and not having it to just be like you know I want to go up there and look cool and I think that really made all the difference you know what I mean and you could tell like in the reaction like you could tell you know, big difference. Mm-hmm. You had the water guns. I, I'm looking, I'm thinking of the second one so much. Yeah, yeah, the second one, yeah. That, that shit's fun too because then I learned, you know, then people are there to have fun. So then I sat down and I was like, okay, what ideas could we do to make this like a fun experience for the people, right? Obviously, you come out with a Bumblebee costume, people going to see that be like, oh shit, you got a Bumblebee, it looks dope, right? You know what I mean? You bust out the water guns, kids is out there, it's 100 degrees having fun. It's just those little details that just make it a little bit more, you know, fun for the people. Which leads me to my next question. What insight did you gain from the second performance that you didn't get from the first? I have to be ready to call an audible like whenever an audible needs to be called um i showed up just like i want to say i was on time but i probably could have been there a little bit earlier than i was supposed to like traffic was crazy on the way so initially like my entire team was still going through you know security and all that and then they came up to me like, yo, you got to go on stage right now. So it was just like literally me and Ozone left. And it was like, well, it's just going to be me and you, right? So in my notes, I had a whole plan, the homies with the water guns, the, you know, the bumblebee or whatever. And I was just like, damn, like right now all that's out the window and I didn't know what I was going to do, right? Um, by the grace of God, like somehow the times got pushed back by like 10, 15 minutes and everybody in my team was able to come and help me out. But the insight that I left with was like, you know, it came through that time, but one thing you got to be ready to do is, like, call an audible and be ready for whatever because you really don't know, like, you know, what's going to happen. That's why, I like, also that having everything planned out is not always the best thing. Sometimes you got to just go with what they throw at you and try to make the best of it. Man, it's just crazy, especially, like, hearing the backstory, right, because a lot of people are just going to see what came. People always see the result but never realize what it took to get there, the journey. And... That's exactly, you know, you. That's what we're going to talk about next. Because Lyrical Lemonade didn't just happen. You didn't go back-to-back at Lyrical Lemonade. You had a journey, you know, from partying at 12 years old to the Treated crew. Is it Treaty or Treated? Treated. Okay, because I couldn't make it out in my headphones, but I got it. To, you know, owning your own businesses. Yeah. How has your journey shaped your mentality? I mean, it's still shaping my mentality. I feel like 
as I get older, I'm becoming a little wiser right now, and everything has shaped the place that I'm at right now mentally. And it's good, you know, um, a lot of it from the outside in, I think, looks a lot better than what people think, just because, um, you know, I've owned businesses at a young age. I've done, I've had accomplishments like in the music thing that people would just assume like, oh shit, he's done this and this, you know. But um, a lot of a lot of things I've done in my past that I kind of wasn't able to maintain, right? Like I had three barbershops throughout my life and I don't have them right now. I had a smoke shop and I don't have it right now, right? Um, so yeah, it was wonderful that I had those things, but there was a reason I wasn't able to maintain them, right? Whether I was partying too much, whether I wasn't taking the business serious, whether I was doing this or that, right? Um, so like now I'm at the point where I'm actually learning from every experience I've ever had in my life from, you know, cutting hair to owning the business to losing the business to transitioning to a whole different career to try to do music, right, which started, like, with absolutely no traction to now, you know. Um, a lot of the stuff that I have is through, like, networking. It's not really because I have millions of streams or hundreds of thousands of streams and people are, like, want to go see me at Summer Smashes. I know how to maintain good relationships, you know. Shout out to my people at uh, Speakerbox. Um, I know how to maintain good relationships and network, which is one of the most important things in life that I think I did. I used to take for granted when I was younger and just, like, you know, a little less wise, like, you know. Um, so, yeah, all that stuff has shaped me, and it's still continuing to shape me, like every experience that I've had in my past. And with those losses, those are your biggest life lessons. Those are your biggest teachers. You really can't teach that type of stuff. Like, you really can't. Like, I could preach it because I've lived through it, but you still won't have the same understanding until you actually go through it. Like, that's, that's to me, that's like true learning when you live through it. It's just like they say, people can tell you so many things. They can tell you their life experiences and try to prevent you from doing it. But until you live that shit, until you go through it, you're not going to really understand that shit. And that's the truth. That's the truth. What kind of headspace did that put you in, though? You know, losing those businesses, uh, taking, because those are some big losses to take. Some of them weren't just, like, pure out losses. Some of them were decisions where I was just like, you know what, I'm not even coming to the barbershop no more. I used to, you know, cut hair regularly, and then it went from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to Friday, Saturday, to just Saturday, to just not even coming, you know, coming just to check on the shop. So a lot of them were decisions that um, it was just me not doing what I was supposed to supposed to do, you know. But it, it changes you a lot, especially, like, at my age now. Do I regret some of it? Absolutely. I, I wish I had some of those things. I wish I would have took care of it more. But um, I know whatever my next move is now, I'm going to move in an entirely different way. And, like, you know, that did a lot for me for, like, the future, which is, at the end of the day, ultimately, I think it's good. Once again... Sorry, I don't want to, like, dig too deep, but, like, where was your head at after, you know, those losses occurred? My head was probably where my head's been for a lot of the majority of my 20s, which was um, ego thing. It was big in an ego thing. Like, um, that's one of the things I'm learning how to get rid of now. It's probably the hardest shit I've ever had to deal with is, like, ego, right? And it ties to the name, it ties to the brand and everything. It's, like, first class. Everybody expects top tier everything, right? And... You know, I painted that picture for myself, so I kind of put myself in that position. So even, you know, when I made those decisions to part ways with a business or whatever, like, it was heavy on me on the inside, but I always played it like, oh, yeah, we on to the next one. You know, I'll get a bigger barbershop, whatever, whatever, right? Because that was my mentality at the time. That's how I used to, like, 
hide it. That wasn't the truth of what I was feeling inside. Nobody likes to lose anything, you know what I'm saying? Especially something that you put time into, something that you, you know, put years of work into. And that, like, of course, it, it hit me and it sucked, you know what I mean? It sucked. I used to just play it off and uh, just keep moving. And then kind of just, I was always on a different avenue, which which always helped, right? So if this one closed down, it's, it's cool because we on to the next one with this. And if that one closed down, well, you know what? I'm going to start rapping and I'm going to drop this crazy music video that everybody's going to think, well, be rap. So we forgot about the businesses on that sense, you know, but I never really took the time to really, you know, think about that, how that loss felt, you know what I mean? Like, and, and why those losses actually happened, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I feel like it was, yeah, it, it was ego driven. I, I used to stunt and make it seem like everything was, you know, it's still champagne and butterflies. It is what it is, but it wasn't. You know, I'm still regretful about certain, like, things and situations that I had. Like, you know, it taught me. But, yeah, I wish I would have went about certain things differently. You were great at fucking masquerading in a sense. Yeah, yeah. You were great at masquerading it. You were great at redirecting the attention elsewhere. And that's, you know, what the fucking news is great at. Some big shit will happen, and then they'll have a scandal with fucking Usher or Jay-Z, Kanye West, some shit. They're always going to move on to the next thing and bring people's attention elsewhere for you what was the moment that forced you to adopt this first class mentality then so the name came about really just like kind of in a generic form we're just picking a name for a good barbershop and first class ha happened to stick right first class happened to stick and then people started kind of um calling me like first class b just because like through the barbershop like b from first class like that's how people used to get to know me and then i started doing the clothes and the clothes was first class. So then I started thinking, like, you know, that came with a connotation of being, like, high-end and superior. And then I kind of started trying to, like, paint that picture with everything. And that's how I just kind of ran with that thing. You know what I mean? But why do you feel like, you know, first class was so important to maintain this image of being high up? Almost higher than everybody else because that's also what you associate first class with. I think at that time when it when that's the only thing it meant to me um it was an ego thing it was ego driven um we didn't come from rich parents you know what i'm saying we didn't come from having everything like i i seen a lot of uh i grew up around a neighborhood where i seen a lot of local people who who were bosses and i used to think like man i want that you know what i mean so it was me pushing that that thing onto everybody like what i wanted was like what i would wanted to push out to the world you know now First class definitely doesn't mean that to me at all. I don't think it's ego-driven. I don't think it's about having nice things. I don't think it has anything to do with that. But once again, I've grown to be a completely different person that, you know, I'm becoming than I was in my, you know, adolescence and, like, fucking 20s, 19 years old when I opened that barbershop. Like, you know, it, it was... It's not easy to do that when you're 19, you know? Especially not with the no plan, right? I'm 19 years old. Nobody had ever, my parents didn't teach me about my credit score, didn't teach me how to do any of that. Like, I decided, let me just go and open a business. That's difficult. That's difficult in itself. You know what I'm saying? So, nonetheless, it was, it was hard for me to, like, you know, try to tailor, like, what it was supposed to be without really knowing. I was just diving into shit, you know. And, I, you know, some of it went good. And, you know, luckily it did, but... I was just, you know, I was just taking chances, taking risks, and whatever happened, happened. And we got to give you your flowers on that, right? Because you're taking, you're taking these risks that nobody wants to take. You're taking these risks that a lot of people are afraid to 
say, hey, let me go open this shop. Let me go open this business at 19 years old. When I was 19, when I was 20, when I was 21, every big accomplishment I had, I wanted to feel proud of it. And that was the age of social media where posting your every move was the big thing to do. So for you to, you know, show this different side of you, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this shit. Before we move on from this, I want to ask you, you know, where did this ego come from then? Because you're not this person, just like you said, you didn't come from money. You saw these people hustling every day outside. You came from a neighborhood where these people were bosses, but they were bosses in the sense that they own their business, but they're hardworking people. When I was young, um, I had a lot of influence from my elder brothers. I got three older brothers. I'm the youngest of four. Um, had a lot of influence from my older brothers. Uh, my oldest, my oldest brother, you could say at that time, he was one of those people that I referred to as a boss, like from the neighborhood that you would see and be like, damn, that's what I want. My brother was really doing that type of thing. And he kind of instilled that in me. Um, I don't want to say it was him because I don't want to, you know, put blame on anybody for anything. I'm definitely my own man. But he did instill a lot of this money-driven stuff, like, you know, when at that time it was Nextel cell phones and your brother had six of them, you know what I mean? He has a, a Caprice with sitting on billets with Lamborghini doors, you know, it teaches you that thing, you know, like I, I thought that those are all the things I want. That's what I want to chase. That's what I want to attain. And uh, should we started touching them, you know, I really started getting those type of things from a young age like you know whatever I was doing whether it was right or wrong like a lot of people don't know like man I was 16 years old and I was managing 25 35 40 thousand dollars like that's not normal for a 16 year old to do like that should have fuck up your head like that's that's it's not normal you know what I mean um especially not if it's if it's not like you know coming through a bank or however you know what I mean that's just cash and I have to you know learn how to manage it and be around it and that type of shit you know so yeah it creates a crazy ass ego and makes you into that type of person and you know a lot of my experiences from my teenage years my childhood like did that you know to me and that's that's probably the majority of where that came from it teaches you the popping bottles for sport lifestyle yeah 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 which is like you know probably what people think like first class is you know meant to me at that time because it was the majority of what I was doing you know what I mean and now I look at it you know because I'm way older I look at it like bad habits but it was fun at the time and it was you know I don't want to say like I regret any of that stuff because I don't like even still in the music right um in the music it's hard because I'm trying to mentally become a different type of person, right? And be less ego-driven. But if you listen to the music, it's 100% kind of ego-driven. It's very braggadocious, like, baller shit, right? So it's like, how do I draw a line between the two where I could keep this this, and still, like, you know, really practice what I preach and the type of person I want to become, you know? But then I look at it like when I used to see Jay-Z when I was a kid, like, that shit used to influence me, and I wanted that. Like, you know, I used to see him in a Rolls Royce. I'd be like, fuck, that looks amazing. I want to be in a Rolls Royce one day like that. You know, I want those things that Jay-Z did. And you look at Jay-Z now, and that's an amazing story, right? So if I could just paint a picture um, that would make people want those type of things just through my art, I don't look at it like it's ego-driven anymore, although, like, you know, it may seem like that. But, you know, I look at it like it could potentially get you where you want to be or where, you know, you 
need to be at at some point, you know, because that's what Jay-Z did for me. And that's the direction that I, you know, essentially want to head. You found a new meaning in a message that you were spreading before. That inner battle that you're having with yourself, it's something that a lot of people go through. I, I still go through that shit every single day where I'm trying to find these old qualities that I love about myself and maintaining them in a new person that I'm becoming because we're always growing and changing and we we're never going to be the same people we were, you know, a month ago, a week ago, two years ago, three years ago. But you think about these qualities that you had before and they made you hungry. They made you grind harder. They made you think that, you know, you were a great person at that time. And as you get older, you realize these flaws that you have, but sometimes you got to carry those flaws to maintain this new person that you're becoming. In your song, A1, you say, I'm dripped up and dripped out. Fuck views and fuck clout. What's your real life like? And people put up this persona. People always maintain this persona online. Uh, this first class persona that you've portrayed for a long time, just like you said. At some point, it did become a front because you were distracting people from the gl- the glamour shit was distracting people. Mm-hmm. So who is really B? Who is he at his core? And what separates Brian from first class B? Who I am has to be like um, a roundup of every single scenario, situation, and event that I've been in my life. Um, that's kind of molded me to be what I am now, right? Whether good or bad. And a lot of people don't know, but I've been through a lot more traumatic shit than people would probably expect right from the outside in like if you personally know me you do right but just off the top you wouldn't be like three ha- b has three metal plates in his face uh metal plate in his arm um stabbed in the neck multiple ho- multiple you know hospital vids for this this that like traumatic shit and not just accidents that's from like me being outside and acting up you know what i mean um and those things like help really define who you are you know what i mean um there's never been a time where I was in the club and that bottle of Dom Perignon is going to give me, like, any, like, essential learning or teach me how to be, like, be. Like, nah, when I was in that hospital bed, though, it there was definitely things that I learned about myself that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? When I, you know, took an L and had to get rid of a business or decided to get rid of a business and regret it later, that taught me, like, who I'm becoming now and who I am now. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, like, just having fly shit or any of that shit like yeah it was cool but it it never taught me anything you know what i mean like although i do still enjoy the finer things in life like i can't lie and say i don't i do but it doesn't really teach you anything i i really think like the shit i've been through teaches me like who i am and you know what i mean it it just builds character it builds character it makes you stronger it makes you you know reevaluate everything think about you know relationships friendships the way you treated people you know what i mean stuff like that just like you said champagne and turbulence this lifestyle comes with yeah. difficulties ups and downs yeah even when i picked that name for that project it was like with the purpose of that is like champagne because like yeah that bottle popping and you know wearing dope clothes and jewelry and all that shit right but turbulence like that comes with a it comes with something to it you know what i mean and uh a lot of people just don't know that you only see the dope shit, right? You don't see, like, there's a lot of people in the club right now, even right now, right? I don't go to the club as much, nearly close to as much as I used to, but there's a lot of people in the club right now who 
are wearing gallery department and chrome hearts and ordering bottles and you don't know how backwards their finances are at home you don't know how backwards uh their relationships could be with their children with their families with their mother you know what i'm saying so at the end of the day that that shit really don't mean anything what's one of those lessons that you had to learn um you know when you were laying in those hospital beds when you had those broken relationships you know just like you said there's people that are going through shit that you don't know about what what was one of those things for you i'm barely learning from those things now i don't want to say i learned from them right away i didn't because i got myself into more situations right so when you truly learn something you stop doing it right if you know there there's a bomb in a box you don't go grab that box because you know there's a bomb in it right so if you do grab the box you didn't truly learn from it and i was still getting myself into those situations so i i don't think i learned from them at that time um I just kind of kept making mistakes. What I did, what I did learn from it now is that you know, um, not everything is supposed to be at a fast pace like that. Not everything is supposed to be at a fast pace. Um, and I think a lot of the youth, a lot of the music, a lot of everything is at an extremely fast pace right now. And it's just because you kind of move at a fast pace when you don't really have a sense of direction, like a true sense of direction, right? If you're just on a road that leads to nowhere. Um, fuck it, let's go 190, let's go 200, right? Just because you're just going straight and who knows where the fuck it ends up. But if you're trying to get to somewhere, you probably want to go 150 miles an hour, right? You're probably going to drive cautiously and safely to make it where you want to go. I think about that with me. I'm so afraid of slowing down, and it sounds like that's kind of the lifestyle you were living, the idea that you had that you were afraid to slow down at some point because that's when you have to sit with yourself and really think, what direction am I going in? How do I make the next move to where I need to go? And where is it that I really need to go? Yeah. Life comes at you so fast and people people live with this idea that you need to make shit happen right now. If you're not making anything happen right now, then you're behind the next person. Absolutely. How have you come to this point of being okay to slow down? I don't want to keep blaming everything on age or getting older but i mean just just experience you know what i'm saying it's um experience self-reflection um finding yourself right i feel like i'm beginning to actually find myself right um just because after you've done enough of something and you see the results aren't exactly what you expect you realize, okay, it can't just be all fast-paced, right? Like, if we keep driving fast, the car's going to keep crashing or, you know, shit like that. So you realize, you know, it might be time for a different sense of direction. It might be time to slow down a little bit. It might be time to be a little bit more cautious and kind of think and plan out where you're going more to really, you know, get there. So that's that's really what happened with me. Like, don't get me wrong, the fast-paced thing is fun, but... I'm I'm at the point in my life right now where um, I realize it wasn't going to get me exactly the fulfillment and true happiness that I'm looking for now. And a lot of that, I think, really comes with, you know, responsibility. Um, adopting responsibility kind of gives you true fulfillment, right? So if you don't have anything to take care of, anyone to take care of, anything to look after, it's a free-for-all. Fuck it. Let's, let's burn the world down. Let's burn it all down. Who gives a shit, right? Because you don't got nothing to look after, right? But when you make a commitment to a partner at home that you actually really start caring about, um, 
you got to fulfill that commitment, right? So it gives you that drive to like, oh, I want to be a good person to that person, right? Um, when you have children and you realize you got to, you know, take care of them, it gives you that drive and that, that thing, you know? So I think, you know, adopting responsibility is really like a major part to, you know, slowing down a lot and thinking like, yo, yo, I, I could do things a different way. Yeah, that shit still scares me. You got kids? Uh, no kids, not oh, yet. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that yeah. shit scares me, bro. I, I just got a dog and I'm like, bro, I can't even do this shit with a dog no more. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm over here trying to edit type shit. Yeah. And the dog is so needy that he literally will reach his paw out while I'm trying to edit. I'm like, bro, leave me alone. But I think about that shit and I'm like, I couldn't even imagine a fucking kid. And with these commitments, you know, you're, you're a business owner, fiance, artist. With all these different commitments, there's different, there's different time levels that you got to give to it. There's different levels of responsibility that comes with them. And you got to decide, you know, how much time do I really want to dedicate to each portion of my life? For you, how have you balanced all three of these things in your life, knowing that you have to split up these times in equal amounts for it? All of them, the floors, the same. I think as you go, adopting more responsibility kind of gives you even more of a drive, right? So, like I was saying, if you have a whole bunch of nothing going on, you're really not going to care to knock out the other task, right? But once you really learn how to knock things off the checklist, you realize I could take on more, right? And that's the kind of mentality to have, right? Um, that's what makes people driven. That's what makes the most successful people in the world that, they know they can accomplish more, right? So as you become more competent, as you become more efficient, you can knock those tasks off the way they are, right? So the way you were just saying, like, yo, it's hard to do with the editing and my dog that I just got because he's so needy or whatever, right? When you learn how to balance the two, then you know you could add something else into it, right? And then when you add that and find a way to make it efficient and, you know, balance it, you know you could add something else into it. And to me, I feel like that's what's going to give people drive is, like, continuing to do that, making sure, you know, you accomplish those things the right way and then just keep moving, keep moving, and everything keeps building, like, at that point, like, you know, forward progression. That's, that's just keep going. It's never perfect. You think that you think you got this formula down until – one day it all just kind of blows up and you're like, what the fuck is going on? How the fuck do I fix this? That's one of those things that I feel like I used to try to do a lot is I want shit to be perfect, right? Um, if I did an interview like this, I would want to keep it as short and as sweet as possible, like ignore answers, keep it played, like, you know, do some cool shit, right? Just because I wanted it to look perfect, right? Um, but there ain't shit perfect in this world. There's nothing perfect. Like every, you know, we die at the end of this, right? So, like, you got to... Re the reality of life is that's imperfect. In a perfect world, you wouldn't die. But that's not the reality of it. The reality is it's going to end, right? So it's already imperfect. That's that's our existence. It's imperfect. So for us to think, like, we could be perfect, that that's not a reality, man. It's not a reality. Like, you got to understand, if they're doing a production for the Grammys, there's stuff going wrong there. There's stuff going wrong. And you're talking about these are the best of the best. We hired you to work at the Grammys. They're not running a perfect production, right? The biggest artist in the world could have a concert, and I could guarantee you there was something that went wrong at some point, right? And you just have to be okay with that. The whole point is to be more efficient and competent and, you know, try to get things done to the best of your ability. But scratching that perfect thing, like I used to try to think that. Even if it wasn't perfect, I used to try to make it look perfect, make it want to, like, appeal to perfect. But that's the wrong mentality to have. You know what I mean? I'm a huge believer in, like, failure and, like, 
fucking up teaches you a lot more than pretending to be perfect ever did for me by far i kind of asked it earlier but i don't feel like i completely understand what what was the moment what happened to you that made you flip in this mindset right because it wasn't just one day you said i'm tired of trying to seem like i'm perfect yeah there were a lot of bad things that happened you said you know the stabbing having metal plates put in your face losing your businesses losing the you know losing a lot of money but it's kind of like what was the straw that broke the camel's back there's a quote i like that says every man lives two lives and his his second one starts when he realizes he only lived once right so i think it was more of that for me um i'm 31 years old now um i can't really when you're in your 20s or when you're in your teens, you have time to do those things that I did. Right now, I'm really in no position to do any of that. And I realize that. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's what really made me sit down and still, right? Because I, I, I definitely want to preach that I'm, I'm working on myself. I'm working on myself. But the point is, like, I feel like I used to live with a blindfold, right? And the only difference is now I took that blindfold off, right? And I'm... And I'm learning, like, what I need to do and what I didn't do. And that was all the difference is that um, there's no, like, you know, from my 20s to my 30s, it, it was, it was uh, back to the quote I just said, right? You Let's say you live two lives. That first one was, was really, like, you could do whatever because there was no purpose to it, you know? Now I'm kind of locked in to think like, okay, there's a purpose behind whatever I have to do for however many years I have left. And that puts you in that different mind state to think like, yo, I, I can't just be here dicking around. I really can't, like, you know? And you kind of really can't. You kind of really can't. And I think when everybody starts to realize that, like, you know, everybody's going to learn it one way or another that, there, there's got to be hard work, there's got to be responsibility, and there's got to be, you know, all those factors put into place in order for you to just, you know, um, get where you want to be. Because I've done anything and everything that you could consider fun, cool, or whatever the fuck. You gone skydiving? I've, I've never gone skydiving, but I'm in the sense, in the sense of, like, what we think is cool, like... Going on vacation to Miami and renting the Rolls Royce and going to live and, you know, the tab being $25,000 on bottles of Ace of Spades, that type of shit, right? What people would look at, you know, young people and be like, yo, that shit's amazing, that shit's cool, that type of shit, right? Um, that's what I mean by that. I know that if I were to continue to pursue that, I've never seen any results, like true results that I want to see, right? So... At one point, you just got to realize, yo, that shit ain't working. At least it didn't work for me. It might work for somebody else. Of course, everybody's different. It didn't work for me, you know. It may have looked cool or it may have, like, been fun at the moment, but it didn't work for me, like, in the long run in general. I do know, like, if you put hard work and dedication and true time and commitment into something, it starts paying off really well, and I'm learning that now, right? So that works. And I want to keep doing that because the other shit was fun, but it didn't truly work. And at the end of the day, there's nothing to look back on and say, I did that shit. There's there's going to be a couple photos, but how many of those people that you were partying with are still in your life today? Nobody likes to cry over spilled milk. I'm not a huge, like, you know, 
damn if I could go back. But yeah, a lot of a lot of, you know, friendships that aren't around, a lot of wasted money, time and like, you know, yeah, a lot of that. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, right? You're never gonna invest so much time into your wife if you have a happy marriage and then regret it if it's a good marriage right you're not gonna re invest so much time to your family and kids and then regret it if it was good right mm -hmm. but when i look at those stories it's like damn i wish i had that 25k right now that i could do something positive with it's a regretful feeling right so at the end of the day was it was it worth it was it truly something good so now how do you think you can improve that's what i'm working on right now is trying to figure that out 100 percent myself is like to me, um, I think it's learning my flaws and accepting them and then trying to be, like, diligent and dutiful to that. Um, that's really how I could change, like, a lot of that, you know? And, you know, discipline. Discipline discipline is everything. And when you're just really living a free-for-all, there's no discipline, right? Is I wake up when I want and... I'll do what I want and I'm going to spend what I want because there's just no discipline. But like a lack of discipline is a very, very, very bad habit and a bad trait. And I did that shit for years and I know and trust me, it's fucking bad. You know what I mean? Um, discipline, I think, is the most important thing. And it's really hard to like it's really hard to untrain yourself and retrain yourself from a habit that you've done for a long time. Right. I had a long years of doing the same shit right i feel like i've done the exact same like partying and bullshitting for so many years since right? 12 years old since yeah since 12 years old well yeah basically yeah so yeah i haven't thought about that like that in a while that's 18 19 years of my life of doing that type of shit right so if somebody's left-handed for 18 19 years and then you just tell them hey you should start writing what you write it's it's gonna be hard right even if they realize, like, yeah, I want to write with my right hand, you know, you start training yourself to do that, which is what I'm doing now, but it's still going to be difficult. Like, I'm human, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean I'm not, you know, going to still do certain things that I like and certain things that I love, but the difference is, like, I'm, I'm, um, I'm aware of it now, and I wasn't aware of it back then, you know, and that's the most important shit is being self-aware. Like, if you don't know you're doing something wrong, then you just... You know, it doesn't matter because you don't know. But once you realize it, like, yo, I could do better, like, you know what I mean? That That's when shit really starts flowing. And it sounds like you didn't even really have a relationship with yourself. So to be able to maintain even a healthy relationship at that time wasn't even possible. I think back to, and this is the song that I was going to reference. It's called Nina by Ed Sheeran. And he says in it, I disappear, you call me selfish. I understand, but I can't help it. I put my job over everything except my family and friends, but you'll be in between forever, so I guess we'll have to take a step back, overlook the situation, because missing business and feelings will only lead to complications. And this lyric has hit me multiple times where, you know, there's there's somebody that cares about you, there's anybody that cares about you, and they're just not important enough to you to say, hey, you're more important than my business. You're more important than my family. And I want to make you a part of that. But you probably won't be a part of that until sometime. And when you mentioned this, you know, this feeling of trying to balance all these passions together, trying to balance a business, trying to balance 
having a healthy relationship, trying to balance being an artist. It's not an easy task to do. And that can relate to anybody in this life. Everybody has commitments that they're trying to fulfill in different aspects. But how do we do that in an effective way where we can make everybody happy, but also maintain that healthy relationship with ourselves, making sure that we're happy? Because at the end of the day, yeah, it's selfish to only look out for yourself, but you got to make sure that you're good mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. If the whole crib is is dirty, you start by cleaning out one room, right? And then it spreads out, right? And it's effective, right? Like, that's the way it works. So if you start internally from the inside out, um, it starts becoming easier for you to manage those other tasks that you're that you were talking about, right? When it's the opposite and you're not internally on that wave, everything is going to become difficult. Everything is going to seem hard. But once you're you're right internally, I feel like everything else kind of just becomes easy because internally to get yourself to a good place, right? You have to be doing positive shit. And positive is just going to bring back positive. Like, it's going to work. It's going to work, right? Like, period. Like, if there's you go to the gym and you lift that weight, the muscle's going to get bigger, right? That's how it works. So as long as you keep that mentality, like, it will keep going and progressing, right? And that's how you become bigger and better and better. It's just, like, all about starting from within, start from square one and build it up. And if you keep building it up, it's going to keep building up, building up. And you could realize you could take on much more than you know, right? But it's about starting it from the ground up. And then you realize you could take on, right? People assume they can't take on this many tasks or this much stuff just because, well, if there's no foundation, yeah, of course you can't take on that much. But if that foundation is set, you'll be surprised how much more you could take on than you actually know, 100%. So then what was that first thing that you changed about yourself? For sure, one of the biggest things is, like, trying to stay away from alcohol is one of the most important things to me. Uh, when I look back at my life, 100%, some of the worst things that ever happened to me have always involved alcohol. Some of the majority of the friendships, um, bad decisions, uh, financial hardships, right, blowing too much money just being stupid right it's trust me like when you're drunk you'll spend five thousand at the club a lot faster than you will if you're sober that's a fact that's just how it is you know what i mean so trying to learn like okay obviously that's not the best for me let me try and stay away from it you know again i'm human right i don't want anybody to see this and be like oh b took a shot with me last month he's capping like no i I'm not capping. I'm human. I, I understand it's not good for me, but I learned it's not good for me, right? And I know it's not good for me. There was a point in time where I didn't. I just thought it's okay. Like, this is, you know, it's a free-for-all. At least now I know, you know, and that, that makes all the difference. It's like, you know, the knowing. It's being aware. Being self-aware is the most, it's one of the most important things. You know, what I think about is why didn't anybody tell you anything? Were you the type of person that was just like, man, fuck you, I'm not going to listen to you? Yeah, I was a uh, fuck you, I'm not going to listen to you, if people were, but I can't really say there was so many people around me that, or you know what, man, maybe there was and I wasn't paying attention. It's possible. But I can't really recall so many people that I was like, damn, I wish I would have listened. Maybe there was, I just wasn't paying attention because I really was on that, you know? Um, but yeah, I wish... Man, I wish I could, if I could whisper in my own 
ear now, like twenty year old me, I I wish, I wish, I really wish, you know that would, that would be amazing. Don't buy these bottles tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean it's 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 deeper than that, you know. It's 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 that happened to be my thing. That happened to be my vice. You know what I mean? Um, wanted to look fly, wanted to pop bottles, wanted to be extravagant. You know what I'm saying? That's my vice. Everybody deals with their own vice and their own, you know, issues and their own different problems. I'm just speaking through it like the way I perceived it, you know? Um, regardless, like a lack of discipline is a lack of discipline, whether it be popping bottles or whatever you could, you know, apply that to. It's still, you know, it, it's going to be the same. In theory, it's going to be the same, the same thing. Like, you know what you should be doing. You know what you shouldn't be doing. And it's just about doing what you should be doing. And that was a phase of your life, man. You look back on that and you say, hey, just like we were saying earlier, you say, hey, I like this part about myself, but I hated that part of myself, a different part of it. Yeah. You go through these phases in life and you find new passions, you find new purposes and the reasons why you move the way you move. What is that new purpose for you? What is that new passion? Kind of like a redemption story, I would say. Um, if for years I wasn't the the man in the relationship that I was supposed to be because of alcohol or partying or um, money, whatever the case may be, um, some people don't have the chance to like have that redemption luckily i have right and i feel like i put my woman through a lot of shit a lot of shit she's she's definitely a tough one for sticking by like that right it's tough for any woman to deal with that type of lifestyle like in a man right but i feel like now what i did was it, it i adopted the responsibility to try and be the best man i can because of knowing all the things that i've done right so now it's not really like, oh, I want to be an amazing husband just because. No, I I, I want to do that because I feel like it's old now. You know what I mean? And if, you know, you become wise and smart enough to to think that it's better to go that route, then you will go that route. You know what I'm saying? And realize, like, yo, I, I could fix a lot of the shit I did. You know, one thing I regret a lot from my past is... um relationships and bridges that burn that I don't think were necessarily supposed to be burned. You know, there's a lot of good people that came into my life, a lot of opportunities. Um, I've had probably more opportunities than you could think of than like the average person has. I really have. And I either took them for granted, didn't appreciate them enough, or just was a plain dick about going about things. I, I regret a lot of that. I regret a lot of that because, um, some of the people didn't deserve it. Some of the people, um, some of the people just got the short end of the stick in the sense of I'm so ego driven that um, something me taking something the wrong way could be just enough to be like, well, fuck him. We ain't rocking with him no more. And that's that. Right. That that I, I did a lot of that, you know, and there's 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 things that I sit back and I think and I'd be like, damn, I shouldn't have went about that situation like that. You know what I mean? Um what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong you know what i mean and sometimes i reflect on that and that that's not a good feeling you know but it is a good feeling to get somebody new in your life and try to give them perspective right like one of my little homies uh brandon he's with me all like all the time now um 
he's a lot younger than me. He's like, I think he's like 23. Is he a photographer? Nah, he's just a homie of mine, but he's always around. But it gives me fulfillment to give him as much advice and like scenarios and paint pictures of everything that I've been through to try and help him avoid all that type of shit, right? That's where the fulfillment comes from me, you know what I mean? And that's the drive that like, just like in a relationship, a redemption thing is like, yeah, I've burned, I burned a lot of bridges and I feel like I lost a lot of friendships or relationships with people just being an asshole, right? So now how do you change that? How, how do you make yourself feel better? Like, you know, the redemption thing, right? It's like now anybody that comes around me is like, yo, I would I would love to leave knowing like, yo, B's actually a, a, a cool dude. We left, like, I left knowing something more. You know what I mean? He was positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I could do that now to people. So why not? Have you reached out to any of these people? You know, these bridges that you say you burned? I haven't yet. Um, a lot of them are like, there's certain things that, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to say because a lot of it is, a lot of it is hard for people to understand if you're not in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was scenarios that I was in when I was in, involved with certain things that you can't really explain to the average person, right? It's hard for, it's hard for certain people to comprehend the situation or the scenario if you've never been a part of that lifestyle or that thing or or just understand it, right? So. I I do also understand that there's laws and um, certain ways that certain things just it is that and it is that, you know. I got to make peace with myself to know that some some things is just water under the bridge and I got to leave it at that. And some things like, yeah, I would love to reach out to some people that, you know, some people or situations that I took advantage of or didn't, you know, think of the right way at the time yeah i would love to reach out to them at some point and you know talk about that why not i feel like that's very relatable for everybody the fact that there's people that we hurt and we never meant to hurt them we were just so caught up in our own actions we were so caught up in who we wanted to be and the person that we thought we needed to be that we felt pleasure at that moment we felt like we were the man we were that person to be and how do you explain that to somebody that now you kind of turned their whole world upside down? Now you made them experience an emotion that nobody should really feel. Yeah, it's life. People go through hardships. People feel these terrible emotions. They feel sad. They feel depressed. But you were the cause of that. And that's something that's hard to sit with. Do you feel like any of these relationships are worth rebuilding i mean i've never really dwelled on it that much where i'm like to the point where i think you know let me try and rebuild or anything like that um but one thing i do know like i i will say is that i feel like things that are bad are like with the intent of being malicious is is one thing right a lot of these scenarios and things was was you know ignorance that plays a major part right um if you want to change a lot of things i feel like just becoming smarter and and wiser is is the main thing right you don't know you're hurting people like or when you're hurting people like if you just don't know like if you're wearing that blindfold right so a lot of those people get caught in the crossfire right you know on accident or you know by chance which is 
really fucked up, but unknowingly, you know. So, um, how how do you uh, how do you change that? Right, obviously by learning. Right, you like you learned that that was something wrong, but for ten years of life, you could have known that that wasn't wrong. You know what I mean? So I don't ever want to be too hard on myself like that either, in a sense, because I don't think I was. And I feel like everybody that, let's say, had a prior bad, you know, relationship with me or um, whatever, they can say they could probably vouch for the same thing that I was never intentionally malicious to anyone. I was never I was never going out of my way to just be a bad person, be harmful. There's a lot of people that are going to tell you amazing stories about me and be like, oh, yeah, B's always been a great guy. He's always looked out like, you know, um, but I was doing sometimes things without knowing and. That's that's like, you know, that's a lot of us, man. That's 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 a lot of our family members. That's a lot of uh, everybody in society is like we're doing it without knowing. And that sucks because you kind of like, you know, you do damage without knowing you doing damage. And, you know, it's, it's a bad thing. But the good thing is you could outgrow that stuff. Like there's there's a for sure way to change it. And, you know, by learning, uh, growing, you know, being smarter, like that's how you can change those type of things. I could definitely see that from you, bro. Like I feel the energy. I know that like none of this shit was to go out of your way to say, hey, fuck this person. I'm going to fuck their whole life up. You know what I'm saying? But I understand that, you know, even for me, that I've been in those positions where I've hurt those people that it was never intentional they just didn't fit into that time in my life. So let's move back to, you know, who this person you want to be. Yeah. You want to be somebody who's able to redeem themselves, to redeem yourself with these commitments. Who Who is the man B wants to be? Because when we talked, you had mentioned, you know, finding a way to fit all your passions into your life while becoming this man that you do want to be in my head to accomplish a lot of the stuff that I would like to accomplish, like going forward in my life. Um, you kind of have to be financially free, right? That doesn't mean like money is my ultimate like motivation at the end of the day, but you have to be financially free to be able to accomplish a lot of that stuff that you want. Right. So in order to be financially free, you have to, work hard at certain things that you're doing and, you know, to be able to attain that. So in order for me to be a better husband, in order for me to be a better father in the future, in order to me be better anything, I have to be financially free to be able to be better at those things, right? So my steps right now in order that is let me take my clothing brand to the moon so I can be financially free to become that. Let me take my music to the moon so I can be financially free to be able to do those things. So that's that's like where my drive in my head's at for right now is, you know, really taking my clothing and my music to, you know, the place where it needs to go for me to become who I want to be. And what's the biggest difference from the person you want to be and the person that you are right now? Only time will tell because the difference is, is like um, proving to myself that I can stand stand on certain like discipline and certain things that I, you know, create for myself and actually accomplish. You know, I think that that's the difference is um, if you never given yourself a chance to do the certain things you want, then you don't even know if it's possible. Right. So the difference is right now, I still don't know right now I'm taking the shot. Right. You know, so right now, like 
let's say I'm trying a different diet on eating. Um, the only thing I've ate in the past, I think, 12 days is nothing but meat, fruit, and vegetables. Like, literally, meat, fruit, and vegetables. No bread, no carbs, no gluten, no starch, no nothing. I've only had meat, fruit, and vegetables, right? Never in my mind would I have thought, like, I'd be able to do that, like, ever, right? And who knows how long I go, but I'm giving myself the chance to do it. And that's the difference between who I was 12 days ago and who I could be for the future is that I'm giving myself the shot. Hey, bro, I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming through and having this conversation. And Thank you for having me, man. Of course, being as reflective as you are, because there's a lot of people who are having these internal battles, these internal struggles, and these inner conversations with themselves trying to figure out how am I going to be the best person I can be while also maintaining this other part of myself while also maintaining this other relationship and i'm glad we were able to touch on that yeah, yeah. thank you for having me i appreciate the conversation man it was dope all right guys that's gonna be all thank you for watching make sure you go ahead stream first class b make sure you go ahead like comment subscribe sad boys for real peace out this is sad boy radio